Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. I want to I share with you um, uh, a message today that I entitled Dangerous Distractions. And I want to start with, with a, a story from an era where the United States military was allowed to win a battle. Okay, just, I'll just say it that way. Ellsworth Kelly, the well-known American painter and sculptor, Bill Blass, the iconic American fashion designer, Arthur B. Singer, the American wildfire, wildlife artist, and Art Kane, one of the most influential photographers of the 20th century, were all among a group of men that were specifically sought out and recruited from art, from art school, from uh, uh, theater, from, from all sorts of, of uh, these types, arts, arts uh, we used to call it fine arts, right? From fine arts organizations. They were all recruited to be a part of a very unusual military unit during World War II. They were the first mobile, multimedia, tactical deception unit in U.S. Army history consisting of over 1,100 men. They were often referred to as the Ghost Army. These men literally designed and used blow-up tanks and rubber planes. Flash a picture up there of a blow-up tank right there. And rubber planes, state-of-the-art sound equipment, theatrical sets and props to fool the Nazi army and as a result, saved tens of thousands of allied troops. These men were essentially the Trojan horse builders of World War II. They staged over 20 battlefield deceptions between 1944 and 1945. And these illusions, as the men preferred to call them, were set up within a few hundred yards of the front lines. At times, they would use as few as two working trucks in looping convoys to convince the enemy that they were an entire infantry unit being transported, and it put fear into their enemy. They would also send their actors into French cafes and other populated areas where they knew German spies would be listening for any information they could get. They would gossip, if you will, with false military information as if they were fishing using lies as bait for the Germans to bite on it. They also used what was called sonic deception. This included recordings of real sounds from armored and infantry units that were played through large speakers to create the atmosphere of what they were trying to portray. And this is what they would do. They would use wire recorders, which were state-of-the-art back then, a precursor to eight tracks, I imagine, and cassette tapes. And they would, they would take those, those recorders and they would record different live sounds, vehicle noise. They would put chains on Jeep tires to replicate the sound of tanks. They would um, go to uh, places where they were building bridges and they would uh, record the, the men working, pounding on the steel, even the cussing and the swearing that went on on job sites like that. And they would put that all together, mix them together in a theater and perfect what they would be playing over the speakers to create the illusion. And over all this uh, was a, a, a all, all of this was a, it was a massive theatrical show is really what it was. 
Fake Morse code messages being sent out, fake tanks, rubber airplanes, carefully planted false information, fabricated sounds played into the open air that went up to 15 miles away. And they combined that with just enough real infantry and equipment to really sell it to the enemy. The truth of this ghost army was kept secret for decades after World War II, and it only became public knowledge in 1996 when it was declassified. As I was reading articles and watching documentaries in regards to this, I couldn't help but have this thought that even though these deceptions worked in our nation's favor to completely distract and defeat the German Nazis, it is the same tactics that our spiritual enemy uses on us. And I've often said from this pulpit, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And let me add something to that this morning. He makes you busy by keeping you distracted with anything and everything that would cause you to take your eye off the ball. Distractions are dangerous because they cause us to lose focus on what really matters. And if the devil can't get you in a frontal attack, a frontal attack he oftentimes will go around and try to distract you from the side. Your focus switches to the side. And then the attack comes from the direction that you were being distracted from originally. And then he does that again over here. Gets attacked, and he attacks you back here. And Pretty soon you're spinning in circles. And when I think about what's going on in our world and with so many people, I think, man, the devil is just spinning people in circles like a top. And it feels like that, doesn't it? Finally get one thing kind of taken care of and something else rises up. Get that taken care of, something else happens. He distracts and he attacks from one direction, switches our focus, then attacks from another direction, and we just get caught up and spun around in this circle of confusion and chaos. And if we would stop and not let our focus get switched, if we would just keep our eye on the ball and stay laser-focused on what really matters, the enemy would lose his foothold on us and would be diminished to the beaten foe that he is in reality. I want you to understand something. Spiritual warfare is real, but it's already been done. I understand that we have to fight against listening to the lies of the enemy, but what Jesus did on the cross when he beat the devil with a stick, I mean, he beat him, he won. Jesus said, it is finished. There is nothing more God can do for you than what he's already done for you on the cross. Because he did it all right then. He did it all. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, I, I get in being engaged in prayer, I get that. But really what spiritual warfare should be about is claiming what is already ours in the kingdom of God. What has already been purchased. Yeah, I'm going to go fight the devil. You don't have to. He's already beaten. As you all know, we are distracted as a nation. We're distracted as a culture right now. So distracted that as a nation, we have lost the very sense. I'm speaking as a nation now. We've lost the sense of who we really are and what we stand for. COVID chaos has been exasperated by greedy politicians who are more concerned about politicizing a pandemic than eradicating it. As if the virus, that is real by the way, isn't hard enough to deal with, we also have to sort out what is true and what is false in the information that is shared through liberal, conservative, and social media. 
the push for lawlessness by those who feel within their hearts that all people are inherently good, resulting in defunded police, the relaxation of penalties and prosecution of crime, and a disregard for authority and those that have given their lives to the service and protection of others. Chaos. Trillions of dollars in debt with no end to the spending spree that our Congress is engaging in. I mean, it's so much fun to spend other people's money when there's zero accountability. You know how much a trillion is, by the way? We're almost 30 trillion in debt. A trillion seconds ago. Here I said seconds. I did the math. You can do it too. It's 300 and some odd years before Jesus walked the face of the earth. A dollar every second since then. That's one trillion. Trillions of dollars in debt. Earthquakes and hurricanes causing massive amounts of destruction. Devastating families and communities, leaving them with virtually nothing. Incompetent leadership with their hands on the chess pieces of the wars and rumors of wars that we found ourselves in. And our heroic military personnel bearing the brunt of that incompetence resulting in lives lost and permanently injured, injured patriots. And, and, and the Christians that are being slaughtered right now. We know in recent days that there have been entire villages of Christians, uh, believers in Christ, they've been murdered in their sleep, exterminated by those that consider them scum. And this is happening in pockets all across the world as militant terrorists are emboldened by our nation's lack of clear direction. And these are real issues that we are facing on a daily basis. They're issues that affect our freedom and our way of life. They are issues that will even determine the quality of life for our children and our grandchildren. They're issues that bring a heaviness to our hearts. And if, if you haven't gotten a little bit of heaviness over this week, over, over what's going on, there's something wrong with you, or you're com so completely distracted that you just, you, you just need to stop and breathe and, and, and see what's happening. Heaviness to our hearts that produce Fear and anger and anxiety and uncertainty and doubt. And in no way am I downplaying any of these things going on. These are real things, and they are some of the most difficult situations that we've seen in our lifetimes. But as I pray and meditate about all that is happening, I can't help but think that all of it is the result of the devil's attacks, and they're real attacks, and his distracting tactics. Distracting tactics. Say that 10 times fast. He comes at us, we turn to defend, then he attacks us from over here, then we turn to defend, and he attacks us over here, and he does this until we are spinning around in chaos. And I've often wondered about the United States of America. I mean, there is a lot of evil within our nation. Why does God keep blessing us? And we have been blessed as a nation. You're sitting in church today, not full of fear that someone will come in and arrest you for being here. That in itself says we're a blessed nation. And then I'm reminded that there are enough Christians within our borders that have used their influence to share Christ with the world. Even though we have evil going on in our own nation, there is a remnant of Christian people. There is a group of God-fearing people in this nation that has done incredible things to share Christ with the world. No country in the history of the world has ever sent more Christian missionaries out than us. It's not even close. No country's ever held back evil spreading throughout the world like the United States of America has. We have military all over the world holding back evil. 
But as that influence fades and lawlessness takes over, that evil will no longer be held back. So what are Christians supposed to do during these times? How are we supposed to respond to all that's happening around us? I mean, these things are not like the ghost army because they are real. But when the fear and the uncertainty and, the, again, the anxiety, the doubt, the anger that these things produce, that these real things that are happening, that they produce in our lives, when, when, those fear, when that fear and that doubt and those things become our focus, we will be distracted from keeping our eye on the ball. I've said it before and I'll say it again, the greatest weapon in our enemy's arsenal is fear. Fear, and fear causes us to react in the flesh. Fear keeps us from faith as it believes faith's opposite outcome. And church, I just want to say something very clear that I believe from the pit of my being, it is not time, it is not time to hunker down and hide It's not time to remain silent about the evil that's going on around us, and it's not time to go off at the mouth and spout conspiracy theories. It's time for balance. It's time for truth. It's time for focus. It's time to get into God's word, and it's time to get on our knees like never before and cry out to our loving Father in prayer. And if you choose to live in the anger, fear, doubt, and uncertainty of all that is happening, you're going to become so dangerously distracted that you may lose your personal battles to a ghost army led by a general who's had his teeth kicked out. I can say that fear, anger, doubt, and uncertainty, as as real as they are in our feelings, they are nothing more than a ghost army when you stack them up next to the Word of God. They're nothing. The Word of God is truth, church. Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't know how many times I've said in the last month under my breath, I've had to remind myself, we do not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Principalities and rulers of darkness. Isaiah 59, 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. These are truths in the word of God. And you can sit and let all the stuff on the news and all the stuff that's happening overwhelm you with fear. I'm not downplaying that it's real. It is real. It's real stuff. But fear doesn't have to control you. As soon as you see what's happening, your reaction should be get in the word and see what God says about it. Get on your knees and pray and listen to the Holy Spirit and what he would lead you to do. Fear doesn't have to be in control. I love the song, fear is a liar. You know that song? He's a liar. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, that scripture says, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And I'm telling you, if you read the rest of the word of God, you realize what that really means. I mean, there is, if, if the spirit of God raises up a standard against the enemy, the enemy ain't got a chance. There's not even a smidgen of a chance. The most common repeated phrase throughout the Bible is fear not or do not be afraid or something of the like. We have no reason to fear because we already know how the story ends. And it ends in resounding victory for Jesus and those that follow him. 
You are on the winning team, church. So don't get bogged down in fear, doubt, anxiety, anger. Man, you watch some of the news lately. I'm glad there was nothing too close to me to throw. How many are with, with me on that? I mean, anger can take hold of, what's, of you when something like this is going on, when things like this is going, is going on in our world. But that's when we have to remember that we're on the winning team. Psalm 112, six through nine, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those, are, those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to take care of them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. I'm telling you what, you should take that, your pen out, your phone out. You should write that verse down if you've not read that verse lately. They do not fear bad news. The righteous do not fear bad news. The next time your spouse sees you or hears you watching television, at some point, maybe it's the news, at some point when, when the news is going forth, that, that spouse of yours should hear you yell out, the righteous will not fear bad news. Tell yourself, I'm not going to fear bad news. I'm not going to ignore that it's, that it's happening. I'm not saying that. We do something, but we do something in prayer. And we don't let fear destroy us. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to take care of them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their, their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Yes. What? How many have ever heard that verse before? That's one to read a lot. John 16, says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Okay, so those of you that believe when you get saved, you will never have another trial or you'll never have anything sorrowful happen to you. Um, you're going against Jesus' words, and I don't care how you slice or dice it. Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's what he said. But, he continues, he says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The cross has the final word. Scripture is truth that you can absolutely rely on and certainly none of us desires bad things to happen. We don't desire that. But the truth is that we can take heart in the fact, we can be encouraged by the fact that Jesus has overcome the world even though we do suffer trials and sorrows from time to time. When we fall into the quicksand of anger, fear, doubt, and uncertainty, it just keeps pulling us in until we are so distracted that we are rendered useless. And friends, I say this with a heavy heart today. I, I believe much of the church and I'm talking about big C church right now, I, I believe many within the church have been rendered useless because they've been so distracted. Don't, 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 and don't misunderstand me. Real things have happened 
in their lives, things that are difficult and hard. But the anger, the fear, and the doubt, and the uncertainty that they have allowed into their lives as a result of those difficult things has spiritually paralyzed them. And this, this happened to Samson in the book of Judges. This was a man who was anointed by God to deliver uh, the people of Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. He was to be a Nazarite, which basically meant he was to remain holy and consecrated unto God. Samson's parents knew he was called of God. They were instructed by the angel of the Lord to keep him consecrated unto God. And they did just that. They, and, and undoubtedly, they taught him his whole life that he was to remain consecrated unto God. But he was distracted. He got di- distracted, and it cost him everything. Uh, Judges 16.20 says this. This is after Samson had been distracted by numerous things, and he'd been disobedient to the Lord and what he was supposed to be as far as consecrated unto God and holy and kept separate. And she said, and this is Delilah talking actually, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as I have time after time and shake myself free. For Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You see, church, I think what happens is the enemy attacks and he attacks, he attacks, and we get spinning around in chaos and confusion. And then, and then, and we can say all we want sometimes when, uh, when uh, uh, the fear and the, and the anxiety and all that stuff, we allow that to take root in our heart. We can say all we want that, well, I'm going to go after devil. I'm going to go after the devil. But you know what? Sometimes I think we're so distracted by the fear. We're so distracted by the anger, so distracted by all of the emotions that we feel that we're not even flowing in the spirit. And maybe the spirit hasn't left us completely. I'm not saying that, but we're not flowing in the spirit. Samson, it left him. He was so distracted, it left him. Church, as you already know, real things are are absolutely going on in our world. And my message today is don't allow yourself to become distracted by your feelings. I think they say this in Ultimate Journey. Feelings are for feeling, not for fixing. You will fix nothing by blowing up in anger. You will solve nothing by living in fear. You won't help your situation or anybody else's by just sinking into the quicksand of doubt. Those feelings may be real, and I'm not discrediting the fact that you may have them, but don't let them control you. I want to call you today to renew your commitment to be ready. To ready yourselves through personal discipline. Are you really in the Word? Man, it's a great question right now because God's people should be in the word like never before. They should be devouring it. They should be going to it. That should be our source. Do you spend more time listening to podcasts than you do reading God's word? Do we spend more time watching news, no matter what channel it is, than we spend in God's word? Well... God's word doesn't address what's going on. Are you kidding me? What's going on is like, was written years ago. Guys, no more excuses. The church has got to stop making excuses. 
Christians like you and me, we have to stop making excuses. Well, I'm busy. Well, I've got this going on. Well, I got this. If there was ever a time to be a person of the word, it's now. It's time to be a prayer warrior. The prayerless church is the powerless church. Prayerless churches just react to what's happening. Prayerful churches respond as they flow in the Holy Spirit. And don't we want to be a prayerful church that responds instead of reacts? We are called to effectively build his kingdom until he returns. Situations, circumstances, current events, political upsets, natural disasters, and economic fallouts can all be determining factors to how building the kingdom is going to be accomplished. It changes the way we do things. I get that. But we must not get distracted. We must keep adjusting and building, never losing heart or growing weary in our well-doing. We got stuff to do. That's, that's the, the Pastor Barry version. We got things to do. We got to be busy about our father's business. We got to take care of business, church, the business that God has called us to. And we need to put on our spiritual business suits, which is the full armor of God. I believe they're talking about that in the prayer meeting. You should go if, you, if you're not attending Wednesday nights. They're just getting into a, a nice little study on the full armor of God in the prayer meeting, and then they're going right to prayer after that. Lay those distractions at the foot of the cross and get busy about our Father's business. And, and, and make no mistake, when we get laser-focused, we are nothing, we are nothing like that ghost army to our enemy. Because we're the real deal powerful and mighty as we walk in the Holy Spirit. Church, I, I hope current events don't bog you down to where you just get whatever emotion you could say, depressed, angry, upset, full of anxiety, full of worry, full of doubt. And I know some of us are dealing with that. I'm giving you an answer to some of that. Get in the Word. Shut the TV off. you got to know what's going on. I get that. But get in the Word. Get into prayer. Pray. Get busy about the Father's business. Amen. Share Christ with somebody. Open your mouth and share the truth of what's, what God has placed in your heart. Be balanced. I am so tired of people sending me conspiracy theories I could just puke. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't read them. I don't read them. Because if I'm going to spend my time reading, it's not going to be conspiracy theories. And, well, Pastor Barry, they're true. I, so, they're not as true as the Word of God, and I'm going to spend my time there. See, these are distractions. Distractions. Well, the, the, the virus isn't even real. Okay, oh, yeah, sure, right. It's real. The things going on in this world are real. But how many are with me? It's time, to done being, it's time to be done being distracted by the emotions that those things create and get laser-focused with God's business. And let me show you how you do that. Bobby and Corby, I see you up there. I know your son's in the Marine. He's a hero in my book.
And, you know, we can get mad at what's happened, and I'm sure that you guys felt some anger. I'm sure I, I know I did when I seen the, the, the incompetence. But instead of reaching for anger, should reach for praying for their son. That's how you get busy about the Father's business. Can, can you guys come down? Can we pray for, over you today and for your son? Not because I think you're distracted, but because we want to pray for your son and pray protection over him. Can we do that? And then is Natasha here? I don't know if Natasha's here or, or Brady Gray's family's here, but he's also one that's in the military, and if his family would come down. Can I, can I have a couple people from his family? I don't even know where you're sitting. I can't see you. By the way, I can't ever see your faces because the lights are so bright. So if you think I'm always preaching at you, um, I'm, I'm not. I don't know where you're sitting. I got to go like this. Now I can see your faces. We'd like to pray for Brady as well and over you guys as well. Would, would there be anybody who'd come around these this morning and, and pray for them? And, and, and also, I, I want to say this. Do you have, do you have a, somebody who is going through it because of COVID? Their family is just decimated because of COVID. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a relative, a friend, a co-worker, somebody you love as COVID, and you've just been, your heart is heavy because of what's happening. Would you come forward and we'll pray for you as well? If there's any situation in the world going on right now that's upsetting you, maybe, maybe you've read a lot about the Christians being persecuted right now, the ones just being, I mean, killed for just, just flat out murdered and that's heavy on your heart, and you want to stand in the gap for him this morning, would you come forward today and, and just say, yeah, that's me as well? I mean, if you're dealing with some of this stuff, and, it's, it's, uh, and we can pray for you, this is, this is how you get laser-focused, church. You begin to pray for one another instead of jumping to the emotion of the issue. Let those emotions turn into warfare-type prayer. Understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Church, lift your hands out and let's pray over these that are down here. God, right now, we thank you so much for heroes that are connected to this church, those that are in the military. God, we specifically lift up Brady Gray, and we specifically lift up uh, Munoz, Lord, Cade. And God, we ask that you uh, would just protect them, that you put your angels around them, that you would uh, uh, bring them an encouragement, and, and, and God, even, even help them in their own emotions, God, as they deal with what's happening. God, I pray over uh, these families right now, and we ask that you would protect their minds from doubt, that you would keep doubt far from them. God, that they could walk in faith and the knowledge that you are bigger than all of this. And Lord Jesus, we know that, that tough things can happen, but Lord, we know that you are ultimately going to win the war and we're on the winning side. God, the stuff that's going on with COVID, the stuff that's going on uh, with, with, with persecutions, the stuff that's going on in our government, all this stuff, God, that brings fear and anxiety, we pray, Lord, that your church would rise up and not fall into the trap of becoming distracted by those emotions, the ghost army, if you will, of the enemy. God, we thank you that you have given us a, 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 a sound mind. You've given, not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a spirit of love. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we promise, Lord, we commit to you today. We give you our, our, ourselves today in commitment, God, that we'll walk in that love. We'll walk in that truth. And we'll walk according to your spirit. We know, God, that fear is a liar. And we give you praise today for who you are 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.